that's being seated, I want to lead us in a time. We've already prayed, but it's Wednesday night. I want to lead us in a time of directed prayer. So y'all just bow your head, everybody. We're going we're gonna to pray. I'm going to call out names. I'm going to call out uh, groups. And I just want you to, you to bathe them in prayer. President Donald Trump. Pray right now for President Donald Trump. Specifically. Pray for his family, his wife, his sons, his daughters. Lift them up in prayer. Vice President Pence, pray for him right now. Specifically that man. Lift up his family. We don't have a clue what pressure is. We don't have a clue what stress is. The free world in their hands. Pray for newly elected President Biden and his family. Lift him up by name. Vice President Kamala Harris and her family. Pray for Nancy Pelosi right now. Her family. In the name of Jesus. House of Representatives. The Senate. Pray for our military. Some of you have them personally. Some of them, some of you have them in family. Some of them, we don't know, but they're out there protecting people and places and things that we have no clue about. Pray for our military. Pray for our first responders. Pray for our nurses, doctors and nurses right now. Tirelessly. Ending one shift, headed into another shift. Police, pray for our police officers. Name them by name. If you know them personally, name them. Pray for our firemen. Ambulance, rescue squad.
our governor. Our mayor. Holy Spirit of God, right now, speak to each one of us individually. Who do you want us to pray for? Who is in need of prayer right now? Please lay them on our hearts. Bible says in the same way the spirit also helps our weakness in that we do not know how to pray as we do as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words father God we don't always know how to pray we don't always know who to pray for so we just blame them all God I know there were there were so many in the cabinet there were so many uh, that we probably missed or there's so many under pressure God I think about just the your normal caregiver, a husband, a wife, a son or a daughter who's dealing with an elderly or dealing with a a sick person, God, dealing with long-term sickness and maybe a family that's taken in a a mother or a father or taken in a, a, a family member, God. We lift up all of those caregivers to you, God. The stress, the added stress that goes... It just happens. Nobody talks about it. It just happens. Lord, please give them an extra measure of everything you have. God, give them an extra measure of you. God, help us to be faithful in standing in the gaps. Even when we don't completely understand, we may not understand or, or agree or, or whatever. God, help us not get caught up in the winds of the noise, but God help us to stay fixed and focused on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, help us to always in all things with prayer and supplications bring our requests to you. Lord, interceding for others, interceding for kings and leaders and all those who are in authority. God help us to be found in prayer. God, if there's a spirit of there's a spirit of armchair quarterbacking going on in this room, Holy Spirit of God, we don't have a clue what they're facing. If we had the temptations and we had the all that they're facing, God, mm, help us, Lord, instead of condemn. Help us to simply pray. Instead of questioning, help us to just simply pray. God, because that's what we can control. It's our prayer life and our obedience to you. Help us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I've often said it. um, We don't have a clue what they are facing. You know, we're... Here we are, but you put a lobbyist that's offering the world in front of us, imagine. You put a, you put a group of people who 
have access to so much and they're constantly coming at you with powerful, lucrative, sweet, shiny things. Remember Peter? Remember Peter, church? I'll never. I'll fight for you. I'll die for you. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. If we're not careful, be careful. I'm telling you, be very careful. We're quick to say because we're not there. We're quick to spout off because we're not in that situation. Peter was quick to spout off and look at what Jesus told him. Look, a little girl's going to catch you, son. Before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. It's easy for us with general life. Oh yeah, let me put it this way. Think about this. How do we do with just the life we're given? How do we do with the struggles we have and the temptations we have and that what we have? You know, we fail a lot of times. I know I do. I can speak for myself. I fail with just the little bitty task I'm given. I can't imagine you throw in all that pressure. It's easy to sit back and say what we would or would not do. But you know, the one thing we know we can do is pray. Never underestimate. Put it up there somewhere. Where are you at? There he is. There it is. Never underestimate the flesh, church. Never underestimate the flesh. What you have sitting right there is your greatest enemy. It boasts great things. But when placed in positions of temptation and pressure, the question is not how... Here's what we do. The question is not a hypothetical how would you respond. The question is, historically, how have you responded? And to be honest, not always so well. In our pride, we love to say, well, it don't bother me. And we forget it don't bother me anymore. Because there was a time, oh yeah, it did. Never underestimate the flesh. Because that flesh is, is the enemy within. It is the enemy that we constantly battle with. It's the doubter. It's the fearer. It's the, it's the anxious part. It's the anxiety, it's the worrier, it's, it's all of those things. Scripture clearly says, be anxious for nothing. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's got enough to go along with it today, living today. But just because he says it, yeah, but Jesus don't understand what I'm dealing with. <laughs> really. Don't underestimate the flesh and how powerful its influence is. Have you ever been hurt? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever been hurt? Seriously, have you ever been hurt? Have you ever been made mad? Have you ever been just ticked off? Any grudges? Anybody got a grudge? Don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. It's a hypothetical. Rhetorical. 
You don't have to answer. You mad at somebody right now? Anybody mad? Anybody been hurt? Everybody been wronged? Remember when you was a kid? He or she called you fat so four eyes, fatty, ugly, stinky. And that started in kindergarten and it lasted all the way up to it seemed like 12th grade in your mind, even though that person never even thinks about you. But when you see that person, all that's scarred in your mind is he or she called me fat. He or she called me ugly. He or she told me no. This flesh is powerful. This mind, this fallenness, this fallen nature that we have. Salvation is a, is a, is a justification. We're justified, we're sanctified, we, we are made right in God's eyes. He stamps us clean But the sanctification process, the process of being made into the image of Christ is what you as a believer are currently in. You've not reached glorification yet. That's in eternity. Right now, you're being sanctified. You're being made new every single day. The junk is being taken away. We we wrestle against these things. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, even though I just prayed over and had you go to the throne of God about uh, four people that there's a good chance some of you have, don't even like. And you know what? You don't even know him or her. You've just seen what the news media has shown you on the camera. But I can guarantee you at the end of the day, here's what they say. They got friends. They got friends and they got family. But we don't even know these people. You know, pick one. Pick Donald, pick Nancy, pick the sides. That's our two sides right now. You got Donald on one side and you got Nancy on the other side. They're probably, if you, they're probably not the worst creatures and cretins on the face of the earth, but we've allowed our minds and our, our, our flesh to just get so worked up and so overwhelmed that, you know what? I can't stand that person. You don't even know her. You don't even know him. They deal with the same flesh we deal with. They deal with the same flesh we deal with. Go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Church, I tell you this to warn you. I tell you this to guide you, to counsel you, to help you, to, to, to convict you, to correct you. Whatever the Holy Spirit does with His Word, I give this to you because it is a very dangerous thing, the flesh we have. Because we, look at verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed that he does not fall. What's the standard we hold others to? What's the standard? You, you place almost, and I want to use a word, but it's a word that we don't even understand, so I can use it. You place almost infinite power in our hands in what? kind of decisions how would that change our thoughts I'll never I'll never I'll never and the closer we get to shame 
offerings and shiny, infinite, powerful things. It's like, I'll never, I'll never. Whoo! Wow. Let him who think he stand take heed lest he fall. Guys, the same judgment, listen, the same judgment that you and I are scrolling through Facebook, scrolling through, whether it's conservative talk stuff, if you can even find it today, or liberal stuff, whether you can find it today, whatever you're sitting there and you're working yourself over, be careful, take heed lest you fall. Because the standards we hold others up to, is it even a standard that we're living up to? And you know what our response is? Yeah, but. Where did that come from? The flesh. We rationalize. We don't understand what they're facing. We don't understand the pressures that are on them. But it's the, us as the church, we have control over what we have. But it's sin universal. It's temptation. It's universal. It's pressure. It's universal. Look at the very next verse. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Everybody is facing the same temptation. It's me-centered. It's I can live life without God. This is going to complete me. This is going to bring me great happiness. This, whether it's influence, whether it's sway, whether it's power, whether it's control, pick a word. But no temptation is overtaken you except that which is common to all men but God. Praise God. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. I can't tell you how upset I've seen, how physically ill I've seen people get over news. They watch it, they consume it, and they get worked up, and oh my God, the world's falling, and the sky's falling, and the bombs are coming, and it's, oh my goodness. Cut the TV off. Just cut it off. Stop reading it. Stop following it. Get off. Take a, take, a, take a break. Go away from it. Remember back in the day when we didn't have a clue what was going on? Remember that? You remember go back into the 80s when y'all didn't have... How did y'all make it in the 80s? Didn't have a clue. Found out weeks and months and years later what really was happening. Here's the thing. It's the same thing happening today that was happening then. It's just today everybody's got a phone and throws it up, throw it up in front of it immediately. 47 different phones. Everybody's dealing with the same flesh. You say, how powerful is it? I want to take you to a story. I want you to go with me over to, over to the book of where am I? Mark. Go to Mark. I want you to go with me to a story in Mark. And I want to show you how powerful the flesh is. And I'm telling you, don't underestimate the flesh. And I'm telling you, let him who think he stand take heed lest he fall. Because here's a cool thing that happens to us, especially adults as we get older, and especially senior adults as we get even more older. 
We get so stuck in our ways that the rightest person in the room is, of course, you. Period. You're the rightest person here. And everybody else, they'll figure it out one day. Don't underestimate your flesh either. Out of love and great respect to every single one of you, I tell you, the flesh is, is, is big. Your flesh is an enemy. Your flesh... Look at it. Let's go to... I, I just want to point out, I want to read through a quick story and I want to make a few points. Beginning in verse 14. Alright, Jesus sent the twelve out. There, there are a lot of stuff is happening. Verse 13, and they, they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. There's a lot. Jesus sent out the, his disciples and they had power and ministries happening and miracles are happening. Powerful stuff is happening. That's the context and Herod gets word. And King Herod heard of it. For his name had become well known and people were saying, because all of this good stuff's happening in the name of Jesus, this, this, this guy has come on the scene. Herod gets excited. He wants to meet Jesus. It's like, wow, who is this guy? And, and he's thinking, his name had become well known and the people were saying, John the Baptist has risen from the dead. And that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others were saying he's Elijah, and others were saying he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he kept saying, John, whom I beheaded, has risen. He just wanted a miracle to happen. He wanted to see a sign. Herod, Herod is, a, is an interesting character. But enough of Herod. Move on. For Herod himself, notice this. Notice why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about John the Baptist? Because this gets into the backdrop of what really went on. Matthew talks about it also, but Mark gives us greater detail. For Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound him in prison on account of Herodias. Now there's five players that you're about to see. Let me go on and tell you who you're going to see. You're going to see Herod and Herodias. You're going to see John the Baptist. You're going to see Philip. And you're going to see Herodias' daughter, See, here's, here's sort of the days of our live version of what's going on. Before we read further, this is kind of what's happening. Philip and Herodias are happily married. Okay? Philip and Herodias are happily married and everything is good. And Philip's brother, Herod, he's king. He's big and powerful and all. So Herod, uh, Herodias and Philip have a child. That's the girl. That's the girl that dances. But somewhere along the way... Herod looks over and sees Herodias, Philip's wife, and says, Wow, you're cute. And somehow the conversation really gets messed up. And she becomes Herod's wife all of a sudden. And John the Baptist, the preacher in the room, is like, No, that ain't happening. That's not good. That's wrong. That's not your girl. That's not your wife. She don't belong to you. She's not yours. She's not yours. She's not yours. And Herodias, the woman, was tired of John the Baptist. She has got on my nerves, I want him gone. But Herod sort of respected him and kind of liked the signs and miracles he was doing because Herod just liked seeing that stuff. He thought it was cool. He liked the show. So Herod throws John the Baptist into prison and he sort of protects him. He don't want to kill him, he sort of protects him. And Herod, Herodias is fuming. Can you imagine Herod going home every night listening to that woman? 
fussing about that guy. He's in prison, honey. He's not coming out. He's not coming out, church. Let's see what the Bible says about my days of our life story. For Herod himself had sinned and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother, Philip, because he had married her. So I was right, right? Good. See, check the preacher. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge. You know, we could read over that at 100 miles an hour, and I could have never pointed that out, and you'd have been like, the woman's ticked. She's just doing what she does. She's just... No, she had a grudge. You ever had a grudge? You ever been hurt? You ever been made mad? You see that person in the store. Do you see that person walking through Walmart? You'll turn your buggy and go the opposite way. You'll skirt down. I need bread. I need bread. I need bread. No, I don't want no bread tonight. Not with that girl down there. Don't say you don't. Northport's in the same world that I live in. Let him who think he stand take heed. Let you fall. She was ticked. She was ticked. She had a grudge. Don't underestimate a grudge. Don't underestimate your flesh. Don't underestimate how powerful it is. Don't underestimate how influential it is on you. God gives us a picture here that honestly out of 20, plus, 20 years of preaching, I've never seen this like this until the other day. For such a time as this. He, it's amazing how God just kind of read over it and read over it and read over it and read over it. And every time he like unpacks, I want you to see this now. Really? That's so cool. I wish I'd have said that a long time ago. No, you need it now. Guys, don't underestimate the power of your flesh. And it's not good. Your greatest enemy is sitting right there. And it's not good. It'll, ra- it'll rationalize because right now it's telling you, all oh, preacher don't know you. Don't know who you help and how you love and how you serve don't know how self, selfish, whatever the word, what's the word? How giving you are, how loving you are. You're the best. He don't know what you've been through. He don't know how you've suffered. He don't understand you. Don't listen to him. He's got nine minutes to go. Don't underestimate that flesh. Guys, we get arrogant with our flesh. We let pride swell up in our flesh, and it's got us. Let him he stand, lest he fall. You know, those people that work us up there on TV, we're just like them. We're sinners saved by grace. We're just messed up. Keep reading. Look at, look at what God's about to show. Verse 19. Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death and could not do so. Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous man, righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. And when, when he had heard him, he was, he was very perplexed. But notice this. But he used to enjoy listening to him. And when Herod saw Jesus, oh, good, he gets something. Pull a rabbit out. Do a trick. He was a messed up man. He just liked cool things. Verse 21, a strategic day came when Herod on his birthday, gave a banquet for, the, for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias, 
It didn't say Herod's daughter. It specifically said Herodias' daughter. So that probably made him whose daughter? Philip's youngin. Philip and Herodias' youngin comes and dances for Herod. Listen, church. Pay attention to this. This can free you from where Satan may have you if you'll listen to this. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guest. And the king said to the girl, listen to this. Ask whatever you wish and I will give it to you. In verse 23, and he swore to her, whatever you ask of me, I'll give it to you up to half of my kingdom. Can you imagine? Up to half of the kingdom is sitting there available. So what does she do? She runs and tells mama, mama, guess what? Herod, he's, we got him, mama, we got him. We can name it Herodias kingdom or we can call it the dancing kingdom and we can paint everything pink and we can have everything it's going to be amazing mama don't underestimate your flesh because it's the one thing that's keeping you from being who God saved you to be don't underestimate your flesh because it's the thing that the world sees the world sees it and that's why they look at us and they call us hypocrites Herod said, you can have everything, everything up to half of my kingdom. Can you imagine how big, how massive, how shiny, how, how enticing that must have been? But, look at verse 24. And when she went out and she said to her mother, what shall I ask for? Mama, we're going to get boats, and we got ships, and we got armies, and we got land. We got, the, we got the yacht, Mama. We got all the money. Half the money is ours. All the gold, all the silver, the workers, the helpers. Mama, we are set. What do you want, Mama? You know what Mama wanted? I want John. Her flesh riled up and she said, I want John the Baptist dead. Are you kidding me? What's, what's that going to do for you? He's in prison. He's not an issue. He's locked up. You tell me the flesh ain't real. There ain't a one of you in this room ever. There's not a one of you in this room immune to what I'm talking about. There's not a one of you in this room don't know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't care how super spiritual you looked or act. I don't care how old or young you are. I don't care who your last name is, how long you've been part of this church. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Flesh is real and it'll make you do some ridiculous things. It'll have you chase things. It'll have you mess up things. It'll have you do things. It will mess you up. And just because you may not have it so much now doesn't mean you haven't always. Mama, we could have everything. And Mama said, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. 
went out. She said to her mama, what shall I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist on the platter. And immediately she came in in a hurry to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And although the king was very sorry, yet because of the oath that he had made, because of his dinner guest, he was unwilling to refuse her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded him to bring back his head. And he went and had him beheaded in the prison and brought the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to mama. And I can only imagine that greasy, stinking, because I doubt John the Baptist had been going to the salon in prison. I can only imagine a stinky, dirty, greasy-headed, long-haired head coming with blood and tentacles. And you just na- see it? Do you see it? Do you see what I'm saying? Here it is, Mama. How's that for you? Half the kingdom, or this thing, half the kingdom, the power, all that. They're, we're going to ride through the city, and they're going to bow down. I got your prize, Mama. That's sickening. That is sickening. But that is exactly what the flesh will do to each of us. I can only imagine... You know, when I was a marketing major at Troy, and a word we use often was after-purchase dissonance. What does that mean? You get your shiny thing home, and you're like, wow. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm an idiot. I, that was stupid. I can only imagine laying there at night, Herodias, Guys, how many of us have laid there at night and we were so passionate, we were so convinced, we were so mad, hurt, angry, bitter, jealous, ticked. (laughs) I'm going to get even. And then you get even and you go hurt that person and you lash out and you say that. And it's us that's laying there in the middle of the night with the Holy Spirit saying, I did not save you for this. This isn't who you are. (laughs) Am I not enough? That you had, to, you had to get even, you had to get fair, you had to get back, you had to hurt, you had to lash out, whatever. I don't know, I don't get, I, it don't matter. But none of it, Christ, or the head of that person. See, the flesh will sit there, and even now, even after I pray, every one of you visually saw a sweaty, long-haired Sweaty, stinking, bloody, drippy head. I want you to visibly see it. Because here's what the Holy Spirit says. 
There ain't no preacher worth his calling ought to stand up in a pulpit and talk about a bloody head. I'm ashamed of him. I'm appalled that he would act that way because that's not dignified in the sanctuary of a holy God. That's what the flesh will do. Because the flesh will not. Holy Spirit of God will, but the flesh will say, stay out of me. I don't want to hear that. No, 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 it's his fault. No, 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 she deserved it. No, no, no. But as a Christian, God has put his spirit inside of us that's sitting there saying, you not like his delivery. You could pick the different analogy, preacher, but the Bible actually said it first. You can say all those things, but you but the Holy Spirit's got us, y'all. You're right. We've all been hurt. Those people we prayed for at the beginning, they're people just like us. If we were put in their situation, you know what I'd make Y'all would be, I'm honest, y'all would be so upset at me if I was put in that same situation. Because you know what? And you would too. We'd probably take the money and run. We'd take the power and run. We'd take the fame and run. Or you know what? We wouldn't have made it there. It's unfortunate. It's sad sometimes. There's a lot of pressure that those people have. And I said it earlier and I glanced right over it and I, ain't able to, I wasn't able to really make the point, but I can make the point now. We don't have near the temptation those people of power have. We don't have near the stresses those people of power have. We don't have near the influence. Okay, you make me fall, we're going to hurt y'all. But you make somebody of great power fall, who's it going to hurt? It's going to hurt lots and lots of people, right? So what do they want to do? Hurt lots and lots of people. But look at what I'm responsible for. Look at what you're responsible for. Let him who think he stand take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to all men. But God has with the temptation given us all a way of escape. And I've always said ever since a young person that way of escape is faith. The way of escape, church, is faith. The way of escape is faith. Because the question of the moment, every single time, is this. Is this more precious than Jesus? Is this more beneficial than Jesus? Is this going to to satisfy you more than Jesus? Is this going to please you more than Jesus? Okay, Herodias, you got, you got the head of John the Baptist. Would that bring you near as much happiness long-standing as having half of Herod's kingdom? See how massively, it don't even proportionately even make sense. But that's what we do. We take a moment victory of lashing out. And I got back at her. And I told him off. And I, I gave her the eye. 
Wow, Whoopi! That's the proportional difference of our flesh gets a moment win versus an eternal heaven, all that God has for us for all of eternity. Big church, don't underestimate your flesh. There's one thing we need to pray for us. If there's one thing that needs praying for is me. If there's one thing that needs praying for is us in this room, is us. Flesh says we need to pray for those. We need to remember them. They're doing this and they're doing this and they're doing this while we're just free to roam around as if we've got a pass. No. Do we sin that grace abounds? God forbid. I hope you heard not a man tonight. But I hope you heard from the Lord tonight. Father God in heaven as we wrestle not against flesh and blood externally but God, we wrestle against our fallen nature that's right here. We know it's Satan that is trying to do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy, to hurt, to mess us up, God. Lord, forgive us. God, forgive us for wasting time on trying to get even, wasting time on trying to get back at Wasting time on and energy and effort while more times than not that person don't even have a clue. If we, if we were to confront them, they would be like, really? I didn't even have a clue I did that. And yet we wasted our day and months and year after year after year holding grudges and bitterness and anger and jealousy and just madness. Holy Spirit of God, don't let us underestimate the enemy within. Holy Spirit of God, convict us of those tendencies, convict us of those bends that we have to evil, to wrong, that arrogant spirit, that arrogance of pride. That thinks for some reason the only one that has answers is me. Holy Spirit of God. Help us. To go out. Forgive us Lord. Forgive us. Cleanse us and forgive us of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Not night everybody.